be a baller. Welcome to Be A Baller, a podcast where we discuss how to build a lifelong legacy. I'm your host, Coach Tim Brown. Today, we'll be talking about building legacy in education, but also the influence of a mom with a lifelong educator, Dr. Jean Harris. Before we get started, let's hear a word from our sponsor. The City of Refuge Good Life Foundation is a 501c3 organization that is an affiliate of the First Church of God, led by Bishop Timothy Joseph Clark. Our vision is that everyone will have a better life through the establishment of a stable and sustainable home environment. We serve all residents of Central Ohio with a focus on residents in Southeast Columbus who are TANF eligible and or who fall at or below the federal poverty guidelines. We accomplish our mission in four targeted areas. They are workforce development, mother's initiatives and infant mortality, youth training, mentoring and development, and college preparedness for youth from impoverished backgrounds. To learn more, please visit our website at www.corgoodlifefoundation.org. That's www.corgoodlifefoundation.org. Today on the show, Dr. Harris is going to share her experience in growing up in a home that valued education and provided for others in education for decades. She's a faithful member of the Mount Olivet Baptist Church here in Columbus, Ohio. So Dr. Harris, welcome to Be a Baller podcast. It is a pleasure to be here, Tim. Thanks for inviting me. You didn't know you were a baller, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know I was a baller. <laughs> not until I got here today. <laughs> you know, I heard some stories about you. Uh-oh. One administrator, he told me this. He said, uh, you told him, you know, I love you. But if you mess up, I'll fire you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I cannot believe he told that story. I'm getting. You know, you know, you know, you was a tough one over there. Well, you, know, you know, I, w- I was serious about what we were trying to get done for kids. Amen. So, Amen. And then an uh, uh, interesting fact is that your brother was on the Cosby show. He was. He was. That was like one of the most exciting times for our yeah. family. I mean, yeah. to see our brother every week on the Cosby. He was the, he was. Uh, Vanessa's love interest, mm-hmm. and he was on the Cosby Show the last season, mm-hmm. the last full season of the wow. Cosby Show. He did a great job. I was proud of him. Yeah, yeah. He's my big brother. I was proud of him. Yeah. Uh, speaking of proud, I know you're a proud Columbus, Ohio native. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about the village that raised you? Well, you know what, Tim? Um, I am so honored to have had the parents that I had mm-hmm. and the grandparents that I had. Um, I grew up in an extended family. Uh, when I was a little girl, uh, my mother, my father, my sister, my brother, my grandparents, my uncle Bill, my uncle Kenneth and his wife, Aunt Bobby, we all lived in the same house. Wow. I thought it was the best. Wow. I mean, I, and when my parents bought a house when I was in the second grade, my mother tells the story of how I put my hands on my hips and said, we're a house. We've got a house. Why are we moving? But um, I grew up in a family full of love. Uh, all were believers. They raised us in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anything else. I, I told a group of ladies that I was in a Bible study with last week. I said, you know, I think my mother may have actually had me on the front row, <laughs> on the front pew oh, at the boy. church. I mean, I grew up <laughs> in the church and and I'm grateful for that. Um did I ever stray? Yes, I did. 
Uh, but you know, the Bible says if you train up a child in the way he or she should go, mm-hmm. when they're old, they will not depart from it. So I'm grateful, mm-hmm. uh, for that village. Uh, went to Garfield Elementary School where I was nurtured by largely African American teachers and a principal who saw the best in me. Mm-hmm. And I am not one, I, I did not grow up in a middle class family. Mm-hmm. We did not live in the suburbs, but we were, we, well, we were not rich economically. Mm-hmm. We were very wealthy with love mm-hmm. and values and all of that. So I I think most of what I am is because of that upbringing. Mm-hmm. This episode will air uh, during uh, Mother's Day mm-hmm. on that time. Can you talk a little bit about some of those sayings that your mother would say that you still remember? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, my mother and my grandmother. Uh, you know, my grandmother used to say all the time, uh, a hard head makes us all behind. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, you heard that. <laughs> heard that you, know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and she said, what did she say about, she would say something like, uh, if you, oh, shoot. And it's not coming to me right now, but I remember the last part of it was sticking out behind the the basic premise was that, you know, you can get mad if you want to, but, you know, I'm the last word. Right, right. So uh, all of those. And so, you know, a lot of sayings are not coming to mind, mm-hmm. but what I can tell you is coming to mind is both my mother and my, and both my grandmothers uh, were very, they were women of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, they believed what they believed and they were clear on raising their kids mm-hmm. to be kids of faith. Um they they love Jesus, they love the Lord, and they were going to make sure that we understood exactly who he was mm-hmm. so, and is. And as we talk about that, you know, your faith, and I know family is extremely important to you. You also have a great husband, Stan. Can you talk about that relationship? <laughs> how all that got started? So... Um, it's funny, Stan and I will celebrate our 46th wedding anniversary mm-hmm. next month on June 25th. And I am grateful to the Lord for that. Stan is a deacon. We, of course, we both uh, are disciples at the Mount Olivet Baptist Church, where he is a deacon. He's chairman of the trustees. He's a much beloved Sunday school teacher. People mm-hmm. love his Sunday school teaching. And he's just a good man. He's mm-hmm. a great father. Mm-hmm. My son said to me the other day, he said, Mom, you know, I'm the kind of father I am because of dad. I said, yeah, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, Wade has three kids now. Um, Stan and I met when we were 14 years old at Linmore Junior High. How about that? We went to high school, went to Linda McKinley together. We ended up going to Notre Dame together. Uh, We got married in 77, and we've been married for 46 years. And I I cannot say that it's all been goodness and light, Mm -hmm. but I can say that it has been goodness. I mean, it is a good marriage. It is a firm marriage. And I'm grateful that the Lord gave him to me. Mm -hmm. As reflect back, uh, how did your faith help sustain you during some challenging times in your career? I, 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 and I, and I did, Tim, have some challenging times. I, I, was an educator for 37 years, spent the vast majority of that in Columbus City Schools in a variety of roles, the last being superintendent of Columbus City Schools for 12 years. So you can only imagine, you know, the kind of challenges that I, that, that I would have. 
without having prayer in my life and having the faith village at the Mount Olivet Baptist Church <laughs> that I had, mm-hmm. having a praying husband, mm-hmm. and while my mother and father were living, praying parents, um, there are some challenges that I would not have been able to get through. Mm-hmm. Uh, prayer works, mm-hmm. and prayer does change things. Mm-hmm. And uh Jesus listens to us uh, and advocates for us when we pray. So I am, I am, uh, I, I just keep going back to my childhood. Yes. I'm grateful that I was raised in the church and I wasn't just raised in the church. I was raised to be a real believer mm-hmm. and to really know what that Bible says mm-hmm. and to really understand the worth of prayer. So um, in short, <laughs> that the, my belief and my faith got me through some really mm-hmm. tough times. You know, I know uh, why was a good education so important to you and your family? What was it about education? My, you know, my parents told us that um, education was very significant, that nobody, you know, there were, I grew up in the civil rights era, so there were a lot of things going on. In fact, Martin Luther King was murdered on my 15th birthday. Mm. I'll never forget that. We were just getting ready to sit down to ice cream and cake. Mm. And this Mm. came on the news. So I was raised in the height of the civil rights era. And so my parents always told us that while people can take things away Mm. from you, they can never take your faith or your education away from you. They cannot do that. And so that was very important. And then it was important to me because I wanted to help people. And I always thought that the more education that I had, the better chance that I had to really um, do something for people that was significant. And, um, and I, and I always wanted to do that. Going to college, uh, did you always want to be a teacher? Yes. My mother tells the story. I wish you were here to tell it. I am the youngest of of three siblings, I, an older brother and an older sister. And my mother said we would be out in front of the house on the steps playing school. And me, the baby, the youngest right. one, I was always the teacher. Right, right. I was always the teacher. I had them sitting on the steps, but I never veered from that. Only briefly, um, my second semester my senior year in college, I briefly flirted with the idea of taking the LSAT and going to law school. And then I thought, I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> and so I want to be a teacher. It is what it, it is who I am. It is what I want to do. So I am blessed that, that God afforded me that opportunity. We're all, we're all blessed by it as well. Mm. That, you st- that you stayed on that path. You know, we know God has a plan for us. He does. He has a plan and a purpose for us. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, as you were a classroom teacher, mm-hmm. what inspired you to go in administration? So I loved teaching, Tim. I really did. I loved being in the classroom with the kids. I, I taught English seventh, eighth, and ninth graders at Everett mm-hmm. Junior High. I love those kids. And I still see some of them. <laughs> They're not kids anymore. Some of them are grandparents. Right. But um I thought that I could do more for more people mm-hmm. if I had a bigger role. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that if I could work with teachers to work with students to see the value in every single student, not just the kids that are at the top of the class, mm-hmm. then I thought that I could I could impact uh, more families, more students if I became a principal. And I will tell you, my days as a high school principal, which is when I met you, um, those were some of my best days in education. I loved being a high school principal. Don't ask me why, because I would it would be another podcast. We'd have to take another whole podcast for that. 
The City of Refuge Good Life Foundation is a 501c3 organization that is an affiliate of the First Church of God, led by Bishop Timothy Joseph Clark. Our vision is that everyone will have a better life through the establishment of a stable and sustainable home environment. We serve all residents of Central Ohio with a focus on residents in Southeast Columbus who are TANF eligible and or who fall at or below the federal poverty guidelines. We accomplish our mission in four targeted areas. They are workforce development, mother's initiatives and infant mortality, youth training, mentoring and development, and college preparedness for youth from impoverished backgrounds. To learn more, please visit our website at www.corgoodlifefoundation.org. That's www.corgoodlifefoundation.org. Yeah. What were some of those teachers, maybe administrators that were mentors in your life? Yes. Well, uh, Marie B. Stinson, mm. uh, African-American woman who started in Columbus schools as a school secretary, worked her way up to, I mean, she uh, went to uh, college. She got her degree. She got a PhD from The Ohio State University. Um, she became, uh, she was a teacher. She was a principal at Central High School. And she ultimately, uh, before she retired, she was an executive in human resources mm-hmm. and personnel in Columbus schools. She was amazing. Yeah. She was also uh, a member of Mount Olivet. And so I got to see her up close and personal. Right. I got to talk to her um, about different things. She was just an amazing teacher. And then teachers that I had um, when, when we were in uh, high school, Jane Jacobson, um, she was a white female from Kansas. And there's a reason I'm telling you this. And she was one of my favorite people in the world. Mrs. She was the librarian librarian at Linda McKinley High School. I graduated, Stan and I graduated in 1971. She amassed the largest collection of African-American history books in the city of Columbus right. at that time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that anybody else has done that. Mm-hmm. And when I would walk in the library, she would say, Jeannie, Jeannie, come here. This is the book that you're reading this week. Yes, ma'am. Mrs. Jacobs said, I will read this book. And so I became, a, I always liked to read, but I became a voracious reader because of her and the kind of, of books. And, and she, I just, I love the fact that she was all about us. Right. And, um, and I wanted to be that kind of educator. It's something how people, you know, they see the glory, but they don't know the story. Mm. And you came a full circle from a, a girl from London to a superintendent of the same school district. I know that's crazy, that's crazy, isn't it? That's crazy. How was that experience? How, <laughs> how was that when they announced that you're going to be the superintendent? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, it's just Jesus. I mean, yeah. I, you know, you said something earlier, Tim, that is very true. God has a purpose and a plan for every one of our lives. Mm. And I didn't do that on my own. Mm. It's Tim. My parents did not go to college. My dad did not. He worked every day and took care of his family. But he didn't graduate from high school. Mm. My mom had one semester at Tennessee State. And Mm. she said, then she got scared and she went home. (laughs) And, And then my mom used to always tell me, she said, I admire you so much. You're doing everything I wanted to do. And I was like, mom, I am here because of you. You know, I'm not here because of myself, but my, the village that you asked me about, the, the professionals that I've worked with, all of those people, you know, got me to where I, I didn't do that by myself. Mm-hmm. I, I did not. Uh, I went to school 
and and I try to do as well as I possibly can. But all of those people around me really helped me to get where I was. And I was grateful to God that he gave me that opportunity. And I was humbled. I have to tell you a story, Tim. The very first day I was in my office by myself, I was like, this was like the second day after all the Falderall, after all of the press conferences right. and all that. So now I got to go to work. Right, right. And I sat at my desk and said, wow, mm. I got the job. And then I said, wow, I got the job, <laughs> which means I got to do this job now. So, but, but, uh, I, that's always funny when I think about it, but, but God was with me every step of the way. And I appreciate him for that. Well, this is a legacy broadcast. So when we, when we think about legacy, when we think about legacy, what is the legacy of Dr. Jane Harris? Wow. First of all, I have to tell you, I did not go into the business mm. to create a legacy. I didn't even think about it. You know, um, all I ever wanted to do is to make sure that young people had an amazing opportunity educationally, no matter where they came from, whether they came from the poorest neighborhood in the city of Columbus, or if they were in one of the middle class or upper class neighborhoods, I wanted them to have the very best. And so I hope what people will remember is not all the big things that came about the building programs and, you know, graduation rates increased and, and all of that, but that individually I was trying to help some child, some family, um, to, to move forward. Well, one of your big projects, and I love this one, you, you, you made a commitment that every child would have a mentor. Yeah. Why is men, why why is that so important? Why is that so important? Well, the 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 research actually shows that um, every child a child that has uh, someone significant in their lives outside of their family or their parents uh, is much more likely to stay in school uh, to graduate to stay away from drugs mm -hmm. and all of those things. And so my thought was if we paired each one of our kids with a mentor, they would be much, it would increase their likelihood, not to say that, you know, their teachers and their parents and the folks at church and in the community and Girl Scouts and all, all of those folks are important. But if they had an individual that I could, I could talk to about everything. I might be afraid to talk to mom about some stuff because she might go off. You know, she, she might do that. Or I might be hesitant because I don't want to disappoint them. But if I've got somebody who I know a hundred percent is in my corner, they're not in my family. I'm, I'm, I'm more likely to stay on track. So. Yeah. We got involved in mentoring my wife with program. One thing I, that really got us was, that each child needs a non-judgmental adult. Yes. And that's to me, that's what that mentor is. That's well said. Non-judgmental adult. Mm -hmm. Don't really know. I'm not judging you. Right. You know, just non-judgmental. I'm not judging you. I'm not raising you. Right, right. I mean, you know, as a mom, even now, I mean, our, we have one son. He's 43 years old. He's married to a lovely, he, he married the person he was supposed to marry. Mm -hmm. Praise God. <laughs> and, and they have three great kids. But even when I talk to him, I'm still his mother. I mean, even though we're friends and all of that, he's my son. I'm still his mother. So he needs people outside of my husband and me, his dad and I, uh, to pour into him in a way that we can't do because we're his parents. You know, one thing I love about you, you've always been a champion for giving others an opportunity to success. Hmm. Think about how we met. You know, you gave me my first uh, job as a 
a varsity girls basketball. Isn't that coach. crazy? Not a freshman coach, not a JV coach. <laughs> I got to be a varsity, varsity coach. And, and I remember, hey, you fought for me to get that job. Yeah. I remember that. He was looking, no, this man, <laughs> who is this guy? But what is that about you? You've always been there with giving persons opportunities. I think it's because of everything that I've told you earlier, that there were so many people in my life mm-hmm. who looked at me and decided, she can go somewhere. She can do something. And it wasn't because of my address. Mm. I grew up as an elementary student for people who know Columbus at 344 North Garfield, which is right off of Mount Vernon Avenue. Mm. There's nothing about that address that's going to say mm. superintendent of Columbus City mm. Schools. Think about it. And then our next house, the house that my parents bought, that was my grandparents' house, was at 1209 Brentnell Avenue. Mm-hmm. It's on Brentnell between Woodward and 17th. There's nothing about that address mm-hmm. that says PhD, mm-hmm. Superintendent of Columbus Schools. Oh, and it doesn't say one of the first women to graduate from the University of Notre Dame. Those addresses don't say that. Mm-hmm. So... I just thought that is my responsibility to pay forward. Mm. It's my responsibility. And I love people yeah. and I, and I want to see people happy mm. and, and moving forward. Mm. As we kind of wrap, uh, come around the corner, uh, what word of encouragement would you give to teachers currently teaching? And then secondly, how about, uh, st- speak a word to young people inspiring to become teachers to impact the next generation? You know what? The, the advice would be pretty much the same. Don't quit. It's hard. Um, I know it's harder today than it was when I started teaching in 1975. I know that for a fact. I know that it's more complicated. But here's what I know for sure. The God that I believe in and that I believed in then is the same God who is available to everybody today. They are available. And so I would say don't quit and trust God. Lastly, uh, I heard you talk about the difference between success and significance. <laughs> as, as you think about your life, um, you've had a life full of success. Mm-hmm. What is that significant part? Here's the significance. You know, when I um, am sitting in a restaurant with my husband mm-hmm. and a person comes up to us and says, um, you might not remember us but you helped my daughter get into college or you may not remember us, but my son was not going to graduate from high school. And, and, and a couple of times these, this did happen and you personally tutored them. You personally tutored them so they could get across the finish line. Or um, you may not remember this, but you spoke a word into my son or my daughter. And now they're a, a medical doctor. I mean, these are real stories. Yeah. These, these are real stories, Tim. So, um, when I see the young people uh, doing what God has purposed in their lives, um, and I had some part bit part mm-hmm. in that, that's where the significance comes in to me. Well, Dr. Harris, I want to thank you for this uh, inspirational uh, word and conversation. <laughs> one thing comes to mind as we were talking, um, you know, the Bible says as one man plants another waters, yeah. God gets the increase. Amen. And to me, that that kind of summarizes you. You know, for some students, you were planting those seeds. Mm-hmm. Others, you were pouring some water on. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, God, God gets, gets the increase. increase. Amen. And God has really used your life to increase the kingdom. Well, thank so you. I appreciate thank you, Jim. This brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks to our special guest, Dr. Jean Harris, for sharing her wisdom for many decades of serving children and families in the Columbus City Schools. Thank you. 
Uh, thank you for joining us during this inviting and informed discussion on building a legacy of service. Hope that this episode was beneficial to you. And as always, thanks for listening to Be A Baller Podcast. If you enjoy our show, please share this podcast with your family and friends. Be A Baller Podcast is available on all major podcast stations. Be sure to come back next week as we continue to discuss on how to build a lifelong legacy. Until then, don't forget to be a baller. This podcast was created by Coach Tim Brown. It was edited by Teron Howell and produced and recorded by the video production class of Worthington Christian High School.